This is Cultivate a Good Life, episode 114, Cultivating Better Connection with Brooke Romney. Hey everybody, I am Becky Higgins and with me is my friend and co-host Becky Proudfit. hey And both of us are delighted to be with you again this week. Yes. And both of us have recently seen a documentary that maybe some of you guys have seen that really ties into what we're talking about today, but who even knew, right? Because we recorded this a little while back with Brooke Romney, who we will be thrilled to introduce you to here in just a moment. But Beck, what was the connection that you were feeling with watching this documentary, by the way, is called... The um, Social Dilemma. The Social Dilemma. We watched it on Netflix, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, Wow. It was, so I watched it honestly because it's kind of like the buzz documentary that's out right now. Mm -hmm. And I love that kind of stuff. So I watched it and essentially what it is touching on is how as humanity, we are becoming more divisive. So we're becoming, the the gap between our belief systems is becoming further and further and further apart. And where this gets really dangerous is it's not just that you can be firm in your beliefs, but we're having an we're having an inability to even try to understand someone else's point of view. Mm-hmm. And what this documentary really highlights is that with Google, with Gmail, with Pinterest, with social media, Instagram, Facebook, all the things, um, essentially what they're doing is they're trying to build, they call an avatar of who they perceive you to be based on who you interact with online and searches you make and products you like. And then they literally push you information, documentaries, products, all these things to support the person that they believe you to be, which is interesting because really what it is, is they're pushing you things to prove that you're right. Right. That the way you think is right, the way Mm -hmm. you believe is right, and that everyone else is wrong. Isn't that fascinating? It is. And it's all based on an algorithm, by the way. Totally. It's totally computers who are creating this experience for you to convince you that you are right and to give you all of that supportive data. Because when we're right... We buy into our rightness. We Mm -hmm. buy products. We spend more time. And it's all about engagement. And so what they were saying is, although this was never the intention of the creators of these platforms, it really, what is happening is we're seeing this divisiveness play into our lives. And hello, with the election, like Mm -hmm. so divisive with everything. And that what we need to be doing as people is really finding ways to connect better. And that doesn't mean we have to agree, but it means that we can see each other's point of view and not be totally convinced that we're right all the time. Because then we we have no ability to understand each other. That is exactly what I love so much about the conversation that we've already recorded with Brooke. And that is what she brings to the table. That's what she brings to this conversation is that we don't have to be so divisive and we actually can connect greatly. You and I have seen it. You guys listening, you've seen it. You're feeling it. You've witnessed it. You might be in the thick of, of acting on that divisiveness. You know, I think we all do without even realizing it sometimes. Like Becky said earlier, we get stuck in feeling what we know to be right as right. And the thing is, is there are ways to get unstuck from that place and to better connect. And as Brooke says, I think these are her words, is to get out of your own echo chamber. Mm, I love when she says that. Sorry, spoiler alert. But you guys, it stood out to me so much because I'm like, yeah, we all do that. We all do get stuck in our own echo chamber because what is true to us is true to us, period, the end. And yet when we just kind of break down some of those barriers and step out of that echo chamber and really learn to listen and really learn to connect with other people. It is freeing. It is liberating. It is beautiful. And it brings us closer together during a time that we need that more than ever. I think divisiveness, and this is one thing they point out in the documentary, that the division of the human race is literally going to be what destroys us. Mm-hmm. It's not about any of the issues or COVID or war. It's literally the the inability of for us mm-hmm. to connect and understand each other is going to be like the end of humanity if we're not careful. And so Let's not do that. Yeah, let's Can not do that. Can we just agree not to like Serious. have it go down that path? And let's just really learn to listen and to understand and to be able to have truth and also explore other points of view and appreciate each other, learn from each other. Agree. And it starts with you and it starts with me. And Brooke Romney is here to completely inspire us in these ways. So, so before good, we get there, yes, Ugh. it's so good. Let's first quick... Well, let's first quick. Let's hear first quick. <laughs> a word about this week's sponsor. 
It's officially my favorite time of year. The weather is changing, the temps are lowering, pumpkin spice, everything is all around us. And finally, we can think about busting out all those cozy blankets. Here in Arizona, the beginning of fall feels like you're crossing the finish line of a very long and hot Mm -hmm. race. So it is even sweeter. One of my most favorite things is cocooning up in a great blanket and watching a movie with my family. Good blankets in our house are seriously at a high premium because we all love them so stinking much. One blanket that is for sure a favorite in our house is our Buffalo Checked Blanket from Betty's. It is the perfect weight and fluffiness and perfect for snuggling in with somebody that you love. It's even the blanket that we spread across the table and use every time we podcast to help absorb echo. True story. Fun fact and totally true. Betty's blankets come in a wide variety of designs from amazing accents to their signature bedroom designs to farmhouse modern timeless neutrals fun bold designs so you are sure to find one that fits you perfectly head to bettys.com to get your new family favorite blanket you always get 20 percent off everything at bettys.com using the code becky at checkout Hello, Brooke. Welcome to the show. Hello, Beckys. I am so happy to be here. We are happy that you're here. You are one of those people that if you know Brooke, you love her and you get to know her soul and you're like, wow, I'm a better person for knowing Brooke. Mm -hmm. But if you don't know Brooke, you need to know Brooke. Right? Faux show. Faux show. So, Brooke. <laughs> you guys are the best. <laughs> Let's just make her blush right off the bat. Yes. No, really, you have such a beautiful influence on those in your life, in your personal life and online. And for those who don't know you yet, what's the best way to summarize what you're about, what kind of line of work you do, and where people can find what you do? Oh, sure. Okay. So I am a writer, uh, first and foremost, and a speaker and an educator. And I really focus on helping parents connect to their teens and to their children and to the world in general so and then awesome. to and then to each other. And I think um, I'm really passionate about connection in every way, shape, and form. And I think it uh, helps bring us to the place that we need to be. One of the things that I absolutely love about Brooke is the work she does speaking about connection. And right now in the world, everything seems so divisive. Like, you know, everything comes at you and you have to be right wing or left wing and all these different things. It just feels like there's work at play just trying to pull us apart, pulling all of our connections apart. And we're seeing firsthand the detriment that that is to society when that happens, when those connections breakdown. And so how in the world, Brooke, do you maintain a connection with yourself, with your children, with, with, in all the ways in your life with so much divisiveness that is so widespread right now? I think, um, and this kind of goes along with what you both do, but when you give validation to people's stories and you realize that stories are not on one side or the other, Mm. stories are about people and they're about experiences and they're real and they're true. And if you believe someone's story and if you feel it and if you're a part of it, you don't have to decide a side. Mm. Yeah. You are just a fan of, of humans and of bettering people's experience in whatever way that looks like that you can use your gifts and talents to do so. And so I've stopped kind of trying to like say, oh, I can't, I can't buy into this story because maybe it doesn't fit the narrative that I believe. Like, that's truth and that's a story. And so trying to kind of bring those together is something that's really important to me. And when I think about teaching my kids or even the people that I, you know, talk with on Instagram, um, sometimes people really want you to choose a side and, and sometimes you have a side, right? But even if you have a side, there's still validation in someone else's experience. And so listening to that and understanding, I remember... Um, when Mitt Romney was running for president. And one of the things that people said they hated about him was that he was a flip-flopper. And Mm. even back then, I remember thinking, when you have more information, when you have better perspective, when you've grown up, your opinions change and they should. And that's called evolving. Mm. And evolving is a wonderful thing. It's necessary. And we have to. Like we evolve or we die. And those are the only two options. And so sometimes you might think, you know, I, I've, I've thought this way for so long and it really is okay if you learn something new or if you hear a new perspective to say, hmm, I would like to question that perspective that I've had for so long. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. And it can be so freeing and so eye-opening and really so beautiful and allow you to connect with so many people that before maybe you'd boxed out of your life. Mm. And I feel like you've had a lot of eye-opening experiences, um, especially with the online community that you have cultivated. Tell us about your experience with those really heartfelt conversations that you're having with 
your community and um, helping each other to see each other's perspectives. Just great dialogue and conversation. Yeah. So every week I do a Teen Talk Tuesday. And the point of that was parents have a difficult time approaching actually just knowing how to talk to their teenagers. Mm-hmm. And so what I realized is a lot of parents had the same conversations with their teens every single day. And to their teens, it was feeling like an inquisition. Like, who did you hang out with? What did you do? You know, it's right. all these questions. How are you doing in school? And I thought, you know, no wonder teens don't want to talk to their parents because I actually wouldn't want to talk to somebody who just gave me an inquisition every single day. Right. And so I thought, so how do we change that? How do we have bigger, bolder, broader conversations where they feel like it's actually a conversation instead of an inquisition? And so I started um, incorporating world events and and sometimes not even world events, but just scientific studies, things that might get their brain going and might allow us to have deeper, better conversations. And so I started putting those up online every Tuesday to kind of coach parents like, hey, you know, why don't you talk about whether they should rebuild the Notre Dame Cathedral or whether you think the money should go to some else. Isn't this great, you guys? Just pause for a minute. Like, I love that this is how you're using your platform and your influence. People need these ideas to get the uh, get the wheels spinning about what to talk to their kids about. Because by the way, if you are the person that likes to ask a lot of questions, and I'm totally that way innately, like I like to, I am interested in people. For sure. So I am a question asker. I want to know, how do you feel about this? How's this going? And so don't feel bad if that's your type, but please open your mind to the idea of starting conversations with your teens and with anyone based on other things. And that's what I love about that regular um, theme that you have going. Like just talking about ideas and how people feel. And what I love about it is I get so many interesting and well thought out and educated opinions that come from every spectrum, you know, and people have really good reasons. Sometimes they have personal reasons why something's important to them. Sometimes they are motivated financially. Sometimes they're motivated politically, but it's all really interesting and all really valid. And so what it's done for me is now when I hear somebody voice an opinion, um, the first thing I say to myself is not, oh, that can't be true or what an idiot is. I wonder why they think that way. And Mm. I think when we ask, I wonder why, how did they get to that place? And, you know, especially with the way the country has, has been experiencing so many difficult things, instead of saying no, say why, I wonder Mm. why do you feel that way? And, and Mm -hmm. what's brought you to that place? And you may end up not agreeing at Mm. the end and that's okay. And what I, you know, I always say to my, you know, people are, people are more than politics you know, and people are more important than politics. And so just kind of remembering, like, you have a story, and I'm interested in that. And it's also softened my ideas towards things, too, mm. where before maybe I was hardline, absolutely, yes. Um, we just talked about wearing masks mm-hmm. on my Teen Talk Tuesday. It was very, very hot topic. Yeah. And um, one of the women who was commenting said, you know, my son has cochlear implants and reads lips and this has put Mm -hmm. him in a really difficult spot where he feels so incredibly isolated Mm -hmm. now she's not saying that no one should wear masks because right he has cochlear implants and needs to read lips but it really helps me think okay you know that is a legitimate reason why this might be a very hard thing for somebody to get behind and absolutely you know yeah so just understanding people's perspectives and being open to that so how do you go from being closed-minded to open-minded right? Because I don't think that any of us wants to wake up going, you know, today I'm just going to shut my mind to anyone else's (laughs) opinions. But sometimes we just get pretty fixated Mm -hmm. on our own opinions, like you said. How do you get to a place where you are willing to be more open-minded? What are the benefits in doing that that would motivate one to do so? So I really think, um, just like with anything else, it's practice. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard in the beginning. And I'm just going to say, it's really hard. It's really hard in the beginning. And so what you have to do is you have to start, you have to get out of your echo chamber and you have to start exposing yourself to other people's ideas. And so, you know, we talk about diversifying our lives. So getting to know people who are in a different situation, maybe you do uh, well financially and having friends who don't, and you can see the other side of that coin, um, Maybe you have friends of all the same ethnic background and branching out uh, wherever you can. Um, If you can't, if this is something that you're like, I don't have time, I don't have room, I don't have place, read books. Mm -hmm. Read books about people that are true in those those instances. Um, It's been proven that when you read, you put yourself in a story and in someone else's shoes, and it's a beautiful way to do that. Um, But getting out of your own echo chamber and sitting with ideas and one of the things that's really difficult for a lot of people is it's going to feel uncomfortable and it is really hard. 
and it feels uncomfortable. And so the first thing that you want to do is say, I don't like this. But instead of saying that, say, why do I feel uncomfortable with this? Is it because I see something in me that needs to change or is it because this idea is wrong? And I think that that's where we can really bring God into it and we can ask him, like, is it I? Yeah. Mm. Is there something about, you know, I'm, I'm feeling so incredibly defensive about this idea. Am I feeling defensive because this idea is wrong or am mm-hmm. I feeling defensive because this idea is right and I need to do the changing? And I'm that's hard. So glad you went there because earlier when you were saying that as we listen to others that we can think about like basically you were saying get curious. Mm-hmm. I wonder why they think that way. And I was thinking I hope she also flips that around. Yeah. I wonder why I think this way. Totally. Why do I have a bias about that right. idea? Mm-hmm. Why do I have an opinion about that idea? Where does that come from? Yeah. Isn't it valuable to be curious on both ends and like you said just like sit with that and be interested in it. Mm-hmm. I think that as we kind of form our ideal and our values as we grow up and mature and and kind of figure things out for ourselves and what we hold dear. I think the instant reaction to anything challenging that is that instant defensiveness of like, well, no, my way is right. What I believe is correct. And thus any idea that is not what I believe is then a threat to Mm. my value system. Or we may take it a step further and say like, it's a threat to my goodness. And so I'm not going to risk my goodness to consider all these other ideals. But I think where, where it needs, where we need to kind of have a little, a little flipping of the switch is that, um, instead of operating from a place of fear that we're going to be so afraid to find out that the things we believe aren't true, like what if we approach it from a place of love, knowing the things we know to be true and holding them dear, but opening ourselves up to understanding more and understanding greater. And I think that come down, comes down to honest consideration. Yeah. Not just listening. My husband, this is something we always say to our kids. This is something we're working on in our house, everyone, (laughs) is that there's a difference in listening to respond Hmm. and listening Mm -hmm. to understand. Oh, so much. And a lot of times, I think when we're confronted with, with different ideas or new situations, which we should be exposing ourselves to, yeah, we might be listening, but are we just listening, waiting for our turn to talk? Mm -hmm. Or are we honestly letting someone else's words or experience change the things we say? Yeah. Okay, the cool thing about you bringing that up based on what's going on in the world, and Brooke, we certainly want to hear where you sit with all of this, is that we all know about Blackout Tuesday, right? The Mm -hmm. day that was kind of devoted to Mm -hmm. um, people not of color basically silencing their Instagram account so that we could elevate more and, and amplify the voices of those of those who feel like they haven't been heard as well Mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. We all understand that. The thing that I think was so effective about that on a cellular level for those who did it truly from Mm -hmm. that standpoint of truly wanting to listen is because I knew I wasn't going to be engaging back Mm -hmm. with my responses to the things that I was really trying to absorb and listen to and watch and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. I was a better listener. I list that kicked off a different kind of listening for me Mm -hmm. in the social media space than I had done before Mm -hmm. because I'm a human who likes to engage in conversation right right right. aren't we all Mm -hmm. and yet to silence myself in that way just for the point of listening and learning and feeling was pivotal yes and that's a personal thing yeah but what what's your thought on as far as what's going on right now not just with racism but with that divisiveness that Becky you were talking about earlier what's your thought on how listening plays into all of that well, I just think it's it's so key in being able to like really start to feel and understand. And, you know, I've had to sit with myself with lots of things and say, the other thing is, is um, I, there are so few things for me that are good, bad, black, white. Mm-hmm. Like I really believe that there's power in the middle. And so it's okay for me to say, I, you know, I do think that part of this is right. And I also think part of this is right. And, and where can I come? And I think we're all individuals for a reason. And we all have voices that can, you know, speak to one thing or the other um, and not be so defensive about it and, mm. and be open and just be okay with whatever, wherever you land and, or even saying, you know, I'm not sure about this right now. And it might, it might take a while, mm-hmm. but my voice doesn't have to be loud about this right now because I'm listening, I'm learning, I'm figuring this out. Um, I, I'm, a, I'm a questioner, 
And yeah. I, that's, that's who I am and who I always have been. And there have been some wonderful things because of that and some very difficult things because of that. Um, but I flipped it around and now I'm a seeker and I want to find truth. And there, of course, is godly truth, but I think there's also individual truth. Um, and I just have like a really easy example to illustrate this. So there was a big push a little while ago for uh, parents to pull back and not be so busy, right, with, mm-hmm. with, their, with their children, like not have them involved in so many things and mm-hmm. it's so crazy and we're way overdoing it. And um, I believe that there is a large spectrum on where that works for every family. Totally. Mm-hmm. And so when you heard, yes, you should pull back and, you know, not do so many things, there are some parents who are like, yes, absolutely. Or even through coronavirus, let's mm-hmm. say, you went, oh, my word, our family is so overscheduled. We're missing out on so many things. Mm-hmm. I can't believe we've been living this way. And there's families that said that. And there's other families who say, this is how we always do it. And I'm super happy about it. I love all this family time. It's so great yeah. to be out in nature. And then there's other families who say, you know what? We need a heck of a lot more going than in coronavirus. And mm-hmm. maybe not quite so much as we had going before. So I have four boys. And what, what are their you, ages? So I have 17, 15, 13, and 8. Okay. And so our family needs to be on the go more than a family that I know with four girls. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more happy home creative playing going on and and for us it's a lot of asking Tactile. for yeah and, right? and asking like, for tv time yeah. and xbox time mm-hmm. so for us i was like you know we do need more activity and for a while i felt so bad saying that because everybody's like oh pull back you're too busy all this right. stuff and i was like you know we have individual truth and we have godly truth mm-hmm. and godly truth is spend time with your family do the most important things first you know, make sure those things are getting taken care of. But then there's so much wiggle room right underneath that right. for whatever works for you. And so I think it's so important that you're not discounting what is true, you know, real truth and then also what's true for you individually or you for your family. Mm-hmm. And and then letting others also say the same thing for their family. So when, yeah. when your neighbor says, I'm taking my kids out of all their sports, we are going to have dinner together as a family every night. It is super important to us. And that's what we're doing. Instead of feeling like, oh, my word, now I have to take my kids out of all their sports and have dinner together every single night or I'm not a good mom. Like, right. That has nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. That works for their family. And that was her own individual revelation and truth for her family. Right. And mine will be different. What, that, oh, sorry. That yeah, reminds me of um, something I heard that kind of revolutionized how I thought about parenthood and honestly – how I thought about my relationship um, as a daughter of God. And that was Kurt Frankham, um, who has a podcast called Leading Saints that I seriously love so much. He was talking about the difference between um, doctrine, so like a truth, mm-hmm. and then the application of, of truth. Mm-hmm. And what he was saying is, is that mom probably felt a stirring in her heart that was like, I, my, my family needs to be together for dinner. And, and maybe you felt that stirring, but I can't then go to Becky and say, hey, the best thing is for your family to be get, to be together for dinner just because that was the truth that I discovered. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. my truth. I can't then transfer that to other people. And I think that's where we get stuck even with our values sometimes is we're like, this is what is true for me. Therefore, it must be true for you. This mm-hmm. is the way to parent. This is the way to exist as a mother, having a job, having no job, having, you know, a nanny or not a nanny or however, you know, any of those many, many questions. And I think, like you said, a lot is being raised right now about kids' activities and schooling and, and all these different things. But what is what is the thoughts and intentions and things I found out is truth for my family and my kids? And by the way, it might be different for each of your kids, honestly. You're there exactly might be right. two kids yeah. that need dinner yeah. every night of the week. I have one child who is in it's called club sports in Arizona. It's just really intensive sports. And I have a love-hate relationship with it, but it really is what she needs. Like it really is mm-hmm. what's best for her. Although sometimes you know, admittedly, she will miss church because she's doing, you know, she's at a tournament or something. And that's a decision my family's made because that's the truth is it's right for her. It doesn't have to be right Mm -hmm. for anyone else. And I think we need to give each other more breathing space to appreciate and consider the truth that we bring to the table. But then we have to take that next step to be like, is this my truth? Mm -hmm. And take away that comparison and the expectation, quite frankly, that our way 
is the best way. And speaking of love-hate relationships, that makes me think of social media and the role that it plays in our lives. And we all know the hate part of it. We all know that social (laughs) media can be yucky for lots of different reasons, right? And one of them is comparison, especially right now, especially in 2020, (laughs) when we are literally watching everyone else's lives unfold with their opinions, their choices, what they're doing with with the way the world's turning upside down seemingly and how they are doing things, how they are parenting, how they are you know, deciding whether or not they they travel or wear masks or pick up a new hobby Mm -hmm. and it goes on and on Or go to a protest or participate in that with your family. Yes. How you're talking about it with your kids or having Mm -hmm. realizations about your own racial blinders. All these things. All the things. So much. But what I really want to emphasize is not what we don't like about it Mm -hmm. in terms of comparison, but how awesome is it that we have access that is our choice. I choose to follow who I follow. Mm -hmm. I choose to unfollow who I unfollow. Yes. I have that choice and what I consume with the very little time I spend consuming. Yeah. Um, and that is my opportunity to be inspired. Oh, it is. By what other people are doing. So that's why I wanted yes. to just throw that in there and get your thoughts on that, Brooke, because social media and everyone's opinions gets a bad rap for all the, I get it. But are we looking for the opportunities that are right in front of us, literally on our screen, to say, that's really cool mm-hmm. how they're doing that. That's interesting. I wonder what that might look like for our family. Yeah. Yes, it it, it seems in- interesting. Great. Let's explore that. Yeah. Not for us. Fine. Mm-hmm. Keeps rolling. Like totally. Keep moving along. But what's your, what's your experience with that, especially this year with everything and all the heightened opinions? Well, I'll go back just a little bit because probably like about four years ago, I had a social media feed full of what everyone else had on their social media feed, right? Like outfit ideas and decor ideas and accounts that were asking me to like buy this and buy that. And so um, I felt really uh, like often I felt like my life wasn't enough, Hmm. even when it was. And so I did a huge clean out and I realized that those accounts that made me feel like I didn't have enough or that I wasn't enough would always be there. So if I needed a new couch, I could go follow a decor account. Or if I needed Mm -hmm. a great idea for a birthday party, I could go follow like a, you know, an Amazon account, whatever those are. And so that, for one, that made a huge difference for me in the way I felt contentment in my own life. Um, And I have to do that every now and then. And then there's some times in my life where I feel really, um, confident and comfortable with who I am and I can add those things back and it's not a big deal, you know, but with, on the other side, I love the idea of adding inspiration, but not just to consume, but to actually use. Yes. And there was a study that my friend was telling me about that we are consuming so much. I mean, in the way of podcasts and Mm -hmm. social media and articles, but we're not using it to better our lives. So we're inputting everything and then not utilizing it. And maybe even feeling inspired, right? I think we've all had that experience. You know, on this podcast, we stress, like, go right to your notebook and write down the impressions so that you can act on them. But we do. We're we're really good as a society about finding inspiration, Mm -hmm. but then it just kind of lives inside of us and doesn't doesn't go anywhere right passes right through mm-hmm. and that's yeah. actually what i love about what you're doing brooke especially with that proactive you're prompting people talk about this with your teen what's it called teen, teen, teen talk, talk tuesday teen talk tuesday yeah. thank you yeah i'm like i know there's a alliteration <laughs> yeah um but that that puts it into action for people so is isn't just a thought like wouldn't right. this be interesting no here's like the topic go yes. there and people engage right there but then hopefully this is your goal right is that they are having those conversations yeah and i homes. mean i know i have a lot of people that follow me who don't have teens and they have those conversations mm-hmm. with their spouses or with their Mm -hmm. friends or sometimes they'll just have them in their minds which is okay they'll Mm -hmm. go through the questions and figure Mm -hmm. out how they feel about a certain issue or read the article but I just think it's important to not overwhelm ourselves with like okay I just listened to the podcast and they just told me 14 things that I need to get done but it's like okay what is one takeaway like how do I want to change my life what's one thing that I learned what's one thing I need to change what's one thing I was inspired by but then like what do I do with it so that we're not just I mean how many self-help books have you read how many you know nutrition books have you read or articles and if you could just like what if you implemented one thing instead of just reading them and letting them go through you and then right you know you don't think of them again so well that goes to that speaks deeply to anyone who has all or nothing tendencies because Mm -hmm. we can read an Instagram post read a book, listen to a podcast episode, watch an Instagram live, have a great conversation with a friend. We can have these experiences and then think, 
Oh my gosh, my mind is going to explode. There was so much in that that I wanted to retain mm-hmm. and I didn't write anything down and I guess I just need to move on with my life. Right. Right. And to your point, and I'm a huge believer of that too, Brooke, is like if you just choose the one thing yeah. and that's it, right. like work on that, yeah. work on that one thing and work on it for a week. Yes. Don't like make this. Work on it for as long as you stink in need. Yeah. Right. Like one of the the goals I know if you follow Becky and I on Instagram, we've been working on is the doing the 5K. We do one 5K Mm -hmm. a week over 52 weeks. And we're like, we're like almost at week 52. Well, by the time this airs, it's We will have been passed. So awesome. But the reason why that's been so effective is doing one 5K a week initially. I was like, well, that's dumb. That's not even really anything. Right. But here we are. The goal's been completed. Mm -hmm. And it's actually a goal that I stuck with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When how many times have I started things that that I don't complete because mm-hmm. I get so idealistic and precious about it that I that I don't ever complete it. Yeah. And so don't ever, don't ever um, dismiss the power of one small thing because it builds. It truly builds mm-hmm. one on top of the other. And those small victories are what are what build us up or what allow us to yeah. continue. When I love like that like tangible goal is something that like was at the forefront of your mind and something mm-hmm. that you could check off. And so creating something like that, even it's, it's like an internal change, you know, mm-hmm. like I will listen to someone else's story that is not like yes. me. I will yes. follow an account that tells a different story. You know, if I'm very conservative, I will follow somebody who's very liberal. You know, if I am, you know, white, I will follow somebody of color. And, and not only will I follow, but I will listen and I will let those sit with me. Or if you say, you know, I want to try and learn from someone's story. So I'm going to read a book, one book this year that tells a different side of the story that I don't know about, you know? And so it can be, sometimes I think it's so hard to think of ways to change ourselves inside, like who we are inside. And it's easier to have something that's a little easier to check off. But Mm -hmm. I think there's lots of goals where you can check them off that do change our insides too. Yeah. Well, there's been a lot of overwhelm lately that Mm -hmm. people have felt all across the board as producers of content, mm-hmm. content creators, and as consumers of content, a lot of overwhelm of, um, oh my gosh, where do I even begin with with this lack of understanding that I now realize that I have and I'm going to follow 50 new accounts and try to diversify my feed. I know you guys know exactly what I'm talking about because this is very real for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that the idea of just kind of starting with those baby steps is pivotal Mm -hmm. so that we don't get in that messed up headspace of having to figure everything out, having to change our whole perspective overnight. And this idea of seeing perspective through another person's lens, you can't just, that's, that's not something that just happens right? Right. because you want it to. Right. And it won't happen if you do nothing. And so um, I like what you said, even just like read the one book. Because how long is my list of books I want to read? How long is your list, guys? Right. right? So actually, so if, if you go back to the episode that we shared a little bit ago about the book list that we gave, there were some books that we gave in there. So that is an easy reference. And we'll put that in show notes to some historical fictions that do like put yourself in a different person's shoes in a different story. Mm-hmm. And so if you're looking for some quick, good reads um, that might do that, head back there. Head back to that episode. Awesome. Um, Brooke, what other insights do you want to share based on what you have experienced recently with all of this that relates to, um, our relationship with our teenagers specifically or not, you know, mm. cause I know that you have that specialized, um, area mm-hmm. of expertise and interest, but, um, the world has felt a little upside down, you know, what, mm-hmm. what, what are some of your main takeaways that you're feeling like you wish everybody just understood this a little better? Um, I think, well, I might go in a little different direction. One of the things that I is so important to me is that we understand that everyone is fighting a different battle with their kids. And so you, when we give each other grace for who our children are and then give ourselves grace for who our children are, um, things are so much easier and so much more enjoyable. Um, I, I've written quite a few articles about this because I had um, a very specific way that the world was going to go and that my life was going to go and how my kids were going to turn out. And I'm sure that everyone has something like this, unless you've been raised in a a more tumultuous life where Mm -hmm. you're like, yeah, nothing ever goes right, you know, whatever. But I, being able to understand that things are going to go wrong and that kids are going to misbehave and they're going to make choices you don't like, 
um, that your friend's kids are also going to do the same things and you might know about it and you might not know about it. But when it comes back to connection, one of the things that's so important is that is that we're real with each other. You don't have to air all your dirty laundry. But one of, um, I know somebody who says, you know, that's not my story to tell when it comes to what's going on with their children. And mm-hmm. I feel very differently. Um, if there are people in your, this is also my story. Like motherhood is my story and it's what I do every single day. Mm-hmm. And so you need to find some people that can be in your corner that you can tell that story to, um, that who, that you can trust that, you know, the stories won't go any further than the two of you or the mm-hmm. three of you or, or whatever. But one of the things that's just important is just to be able to be real and open and say, I am struggling. I am hurting. I have no clue what's going on here because it's a whole wild west, really. And yeah. some kids, it's not that way. But if you have more than one, chances are it is going to be a little bit that way. And you're going to need that support. You're going to need people in your corner. And I cannot tell you what happens when you open up and you open your heart and you say, this is hard for me. And all of a sudden, the the woman that I thought was completely perfect in my neighborhood because I only know her last child was like, oh, yeah, same. My second son, such a struggle. I'm like, oh, you? Mm-hmm. No, wait, you have a perfect family, you know? And I only see like her end result of everyone mm-hmm. married and happy with kids and, and graduate degrees. <laughs> and, right. and she's like, oh, you know, this is what happened. And so just being able to share with each other mm-hmm. some compassion and some love and, and perspective is just so important. But, you know, on the other vein with our teenagers, just to keep talking, they're not going to want to discuss this all the time. They're not going to like somebody said, so how are Teen Talk Tuesdays at your house? I'm like the exact same as they are at yours. Like mm-hmm. I have one person who's engaged, one person who's rolling his eyes, one person's like, oh, Teen Talk Tuesday, I hate yeah. these, you know. <laughs> but I've had to really start taking this long-term perspective. They're probably they're probably going to hate it on Tuesday sometimes. Mm-hmm. But they're not going to hate it when they think about fr- – on Friday when they think about it and they're like, you know, we talked about that. We talked about the benefits of um, sleep. Or when they're 22 and they come, you know, crossroads and they need to know how to think about an issue critically. And they're like, huh, that was kind of cool that we talked through yeah. something together as a family. I said I hated it, but I didn't. And that's just something that is my friend. She has a daughter who fought her um, about uh, hiking, about doing anything. Story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh my about gosh. doing anything. Yes. We, like, we know a little something of that. Yes, Keep going. us yeah. too. Yes. And she just fought and she just kept saying I don't belong in this family I hate this Mm -hmm. you know and she's 22 now and she came to her mom and she was like I am so glad you made me go I'm just so glad you made me go I acted like I hated it but I really didn't and now she loves to hike and it's what she chooses to do with her family and so I can't tell you the hope that just bubbled up right (laughs) because that's we we did a big big road trip this summer and I was posting some pictures of my kids hiking with us and People are like, how do you get your kids to do that? And I'm like, I don't. They have no choice and they complain the entire time. And oftentimes I put my AirPods in and listen to classical music to drown them out. And we continue on our merry way. Like, (laughs) it looks exactly the same if you forced your kids to go hike a mountain. Like, it sucks sometimes. Yep. But it's still like... They're good moments too, but you just do it, right? Well, like well, it you just said, so much perspe- I was like, okay, so yes. all these things that we do as a as parents, um, they're not that fun sometimes in the moment, and nobody looks back. Like nobody in the moment is like, hey, thanks so much for that super awesome heart to heart conversation <laughs> about. Why do we all think that should know, happen? Like I think I'm secretly so badly, right? So badly, yes. Yes. But yeah, it's like totally. I just have to keep remembering, like it's not about. Like, the end is not now. Like, the end is so far from now. And my goal is not to raise popular middle schoolers or Mm 4.0 high school students. My goal is to raise adults. And so, like, sometimes when I keep that in perspective, and yes, sometimes you just have to stop, right? Mm -hmm. Like, sometimes you're like, this is really not going well, and I can't deal with this anymore. So we're just going to wrap this up. Mm -hmm. And sometimes my Teen Talk Tuesdays are literally two and a half minutes. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, you know what? I just need them to know that this is going on in the world. Mm -hmm. And... They can do with it what they will. Mm-hmm. But then it's so fun because every now and then I'll, I'll hear them. We had a Teen Talk Tuesday about four basic needs that mm-hmm. everyone needs. And it, mm-hmm. it had a lot to do with why you shouldn't be on screens a lot. But it right. was talking about the basic needs of humans. And, you know, we have this conversation. I thought it was so awesome. And it actually did go fairly well. But the one that needed it, of course, didn't hear it. And mm-hmm. back on his phone course, and yeah. all those things. And then I hear him talking to a friend like a few weeks later. And they put their phones in a box. 
when they came over and he's like, yeah, you know, you just don't have the same kind of interaction and fun when everyone's on their phone. And I'm like, huh, okay. So secretly inside you're like dancing. Totally. And then the next day I'm telling him like, hey, Mm -hmm. like you're screen, like that's probably enough screen time, you know? And so it's back and forth, but I just, Mm. just having that long-term perspective is just, Mm. it just helps so much when I'm like, it's not about this moment. It's never what it's about. Or even this week or this month or even this year or even next year. Like you said in the example you gave about um, your friend's daughter, 22. She Mm. was 22. (laughs) So the things I'm doing now with my 13 and 15-year-old, like I pray that in 10 years it's going to come back for us. But that is why going back to like the things that you feel personally um, inspired to do in your own family are so crucial. Mm -hmm. That's why that truth seeking is so crucial because it takes you through those moments of like, well, they hate it and this is awful and it's really awful. And you have to be able to maintain that over a long period of time, Mm -hmm. like you're saying, and and keep that consistency going. And that's why that truth seeking is just crucial. You just have to know what is the right thing because I think it also helps you know like when you can pivot like when Mm -hmm. it's time to pivot and when you say okay like this is this is good for our family or I'm not gonna harp on this every single day like I had a a good realization my oldest is 17 that's pretty old you know he's getting close to my oldest mm -hmm. is 17 as well yeah like he's getting it's getting time to probably start making some of your own decisions and um that is a hard thing and the other day I had this realization he likes to play Fortnite we don't love it um, but we also have an outlawed Fortnite at mm-hmm. our house. And so I just had this realization, like, you know what? If you're going to let this happen, and we do have some limits on it, but, like, why not understand what he's doing? And so instead of, like, making it this, mm-hmm. I hate Fortnite, I hate for- that's so stupid, why do you mm-hmm. play? I'm like, I allow this to happen, so let's talk about it. Like, let me be involved in it. Let me learn about it. And so just, like, being sensitive to, like, when it's time to pivot, when it's time to dig in your hills, when it's time to say, we are hiking every single vacation. Mm-hmm. And when it's time to say, okay, like, yeah, you guys don't want to do this anymore. What, what do you guys like to do? You know, because we do a lot of hiking mm-hmm. um, also. Because, well, partially because nothing else to do right now. Right. Um, <laughs> but then one Saturday, instead of we were going to do a hike and then go to the lake, and I could tell my kids were just like, we'd done mm-hmm. so many hikes. It was during Corona yeah. and, you know. Yeah. And so we're just like, you know what? We're not hiking today. We're just going like, we had the best day ever. It was so awesome. And yeah. I'm okay that sometimes we hike and sometimes we don't, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. But just, it, it just really helps to say like, okay, I'm going to pivot here. I'm going to try something new. Or we did this as a family and we were super gung-ho about it. And now we're going to do something else as a family, you know. Yeah. So. Well, that goes back to the open-mindedness that you, totally. you're really helping to inspire and instill in all of us. It really is just keeping that open mind. You're a parent. It is your job to put the parameters in place, to cultivate the experiences, to say, let's go to the lake like yeah but it's also your responsibility as a parent to to ask them what they think is a good idea Mm -hmm. right and I love that that is encouraged you know you want to your kids input your kids insight your kids opinions to factor into the way your family makes decisions especially as they get older and you know they want to have a say and you know they want to know that someone cares about and you know and it's funny because this this gal that I'm talking about she says yeah I'm a hiker and then there are going to be some of our kids who are like that was the worst. Uh-huh. You guys made us hike so much. That was the worst. Uh-huh. And that's okay too, you right. know, because, you know, while we want to get um, our kids input, one, one of the things that I've realized is when we do as parents what brings us joy, being a parent is so much easier. Mm-hmm. So like during, um, during this time that's been so intense, one of the things that was so inspiring, my fa- friend Emily Orton talked about in order to feel successful, she just does one thing. She figures out what makes her feel like a successful parent. And then she makes sure she does at least one of those things every day. Hmm. So at the end of the day, when she lays, you know, goes to bed, she doesn't think, okay, I didn't do this. I didn't do this. I didn't do this. I didn't do this. This is how much screen time they did. You know, she says, okay, one of the things I love about being a parent is sitting and having lunch with my kids. Today, I had lunch with my kids. Mm -hmm. We chatted. We hung out. I made a good lunch. Like, I was successful today. And that actually, especially during this super intense time, has helped me so much. Mm. For one, to figure out what brings me joy mm-hmm. as a mom and then to make sure I do that. Because sometimes I'll go through the whole day and realize I didn't do any of the things that like bring me joy. Like right. I just mm. I did all the things I don't like to do. So at the end of the day, of course, I'm looking at all the things I didn't do because nothing was joyful. And I think this goes to even like dads. It goes to grandmas. You know, like when you have grandparents or try to be one thing but they're really the other you Mm -hmm. know and it's like hey just do what brings you joy with your family and as parents 
we got to do all the things that don't do because mm-hmm. it's just life. There's but, that also. But it's making sure something that brings you joy with your kids that makes you feel like a great mom. So if like if reading books with your kids makes you feel like a great mom, I had one mom that said, I do whatever makes me feel like a great mom first thing. So that it, I don't get to the end of the day without doing it. Because she said, I can get so busy, mm-hmm. like cleaning, mm-hmm. like cleaning up messes, doing laundry, making food. I can get to the end of the day and think, I didn't do one thing that made me feel like a great mom. And so she does it first thing. So that by the end of the day, she's like, okay, so maybe I did mostly mundane tasks. But boy, we started out with a board game. And yeah. I love that. Like, I was awesome. That's awesome. So. You know, one of my favorite things is about what you're saying, and this is like officially my personal favorite takeaway from this whole conversation, um, is that it's not just asking myself, what's one thing that I can be sure to do today that makes me feel like a successful mom? Mm-hmm. It's what's one thing that I find joy in, mm-hmm. in my motherhood, right? Yes. It's the joy component because, yes. and, and not to, I don't want to derail, but Becky and I were talking about this earlier with exercise. If you don't love doing it that way, do it a different way. Try it a yes. different way. Like try to find a way that you actually enjoy it because I'll tell you what, I'm way more consistent in my exercise now. Mm-hmm. Be, and Becky, you, you can speak Absolutely, to the same yeah. thing mm-hmm. because we love hiking. Totally. I did not love the gym. Yes. Right. I did not totally. love whatever. And mm-hmm. so I relate that because I, oh, I love this so much because I had never thought of that before. What is one thing that would bring me joy in my mothering today? And yes. then making sure that one thing happens, I would probably feel like the most successful mom every mm-hmm. single day. And I think where I get hung up with this um, is I sometimes compare or sometimes the thought that goes through my head that I've really had to like you know, talk myself through several times is like, okay, well, what, what should a good mom want to do mm-hmm. instead of what actually brings me joy? Mm-hmm. And that's where, um, the comparison sometimes can come in where you can be like, well, this mom I know plays tennis with her kids. So let's try that. But the fact is, is like, we don't play tennis. Like that's not, that's <laughs> actually, I do love tennis, but yeah. you know what I'm saying? I don't know that that would be the thing that would bring me joy in my motherhood. And so when you're thinking about what brings you joy in motherhood or what would bring you joy, spending time with your kids doing, I would just encourage you to really like sit and think about it yourself and not get input from others. Honestly, don't be scrolling, don't be scrolling Instagram and looking what other moms are doing. Like this is really about you and your unique situation and family. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we can get hung up because I know people, you know, hiking is one thing that comes to mind because it's what we do all the time. But then people say, oh, that was not good for my family. Well, of course, because that's your family. family. So you need to find your joy. That's the, that's my point I'm trying to make is it's really about you individually and not about what the rest of us are doing Mm -hmm. oh it's just and it's so important because when you start finding it and it and it might change with the stages of your kids Mm -hmm. you know like okay I used to do a lot of read alouds and it actually kind of breaks my heart that we're past that and so now I'm like okay so now what's something Mm -hmm. that I love and usually something that brings me joy is also something that they enjoy doing with me Mm -hmm. you know and And it might be different for you might be doing it with different kids. I, mm. I'm trying to think yes. of one activity that would bring me joy in all of my mm-hmm. children. And maybe not. I don't think there's one yeah. activity on earth that would do that. So I may have to delineate that further and say, okay, well, now I'm going to spend time with this group of kids who, the, you know, the read aloud thing would mm-hmm. be very meaningful to my youngers. Is yep. where I'm not sure that would be quite the thing for my olders. Well, <laughs> and for me, something that brings me joy is one-on-one time. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. like, it's so, it's so wide open. Mm-hmm. But, like, I feel like a really successful mother because – on the days where I've spent one-on-one time mm-hmm. with my kids and it can be doing anything. Yes. Right. But like on the days where I just let it all sort of like flow and pass me by and don't, and that can be so easy. That can be like, Hey, oh, jump in the yeah. car, like jump in the front seat yeah. and come with me on this errand and I will stop and get you a treat because yeah. your love language is food. So, right. you know, yeah. like whatever that is. So, yeah. Yeah. so it, it can be really, really broad or it can be really narrow and it can be like a, like a habit that you have in your home mm-hmm. that you do all the time, or I'm not a very structured person. So mine is different all the time. Yeah. So. Well, as we wrap up, I, I can't that. help but um, think about the imagery of when you think about a painting and you're looking at a painting and you get really close to it and you see every little brushstroke, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, that's interesting, but it doesn't hold meaning. And that's interesting. That That's a cool color. That's a cool way of stroking the brush, right? Um, but then you back up and you back up and you see that full painting and you're like, wow, that is beautiful. I feel like that is what it's like to be in the trenches of motherhood. Mm. So my encouragement that I feel that like my, I should call it my self encouragement is keep up with the brushstrokes, keep up with the consistencies, 
make them go on hikes mm-hmm. as you know Becky likes to do um have have family time every day or whatever you guys will fill in the blanks for yourselves as you're listening but doing those things actually do matter regardless of whether you think it matters or not regardless if you think the kids are being impacted or that they'll remember or care tomorrow Mm -hmm. or in 30 years yes keep it up keep Mm -hmm. going because when you step back or when they're 22 right or 45 yes you will the it'll the the fruits will be sh- will be seen right mm-hmm. you'll you'll just mm-hmm. know that yep. every effort was made every stroke that hit the canvas actually adds up and it becomes incredibly beautiful and i just thank you brooke for your inspiration in this space we need it thank you um you hit on a lot of things like it's hard to know how to narrow down I with know. you like we could talk no. about so many things we're gonna have to have you back on, yes brooke. for yes, sure let's do there's it. so many different things that we could talk about but thank you for tying so much of it together and we'll end where we began with you. It is about connection. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't know if you have any last thought on how to strengthen connection in your life with those that you care about the most, but that might be one perfect way to end. Mm. So one of the things that is important to me is connection on all levels. So like connection with ourselves. So understanding who you are and understanding what your purpose is. And we've talked a lot about this, but without without going to other people's purposes and feeling really confident in that, whether that's something that is, you know, front and center on a big stage, whether it's behind the scenes um, and feeling like purpose in that and asking your heavenly father, what, what do you need me for? Mm -hmm. Who am I? Who am I supposed to be? And how can you use me best to serve the people that I love and that you love? And so understanding what your purpose is first. So connecting with yourself and then connecting with others Um, and starting like with your family. So starting with your kids, like how do you connect? And, you know, I hate to belabor the point, but it's putting your phone down. Like you cannot connect with someone with a screen in between the two of you. And Mm -hmm. so whether you're married and you have a partner, so connecting with your partner, connecting with your kids and, and being present, um, even connecting with yourself, you really can't connect with yourself with a screen. That's right. You're right. Mm -hmm. And so connecting with them and, and making efforts to do that every single day. Mm-hmm. And then connecting with the wider world, and this is kind of where we started, um, but listening to people's stories and, and validating those experiences and figuring out how you can learn from them and then asking God, like, how how do you need me to change so that I can make this life experience as good for as many people as possible? Because I think, and I'm actually positive, that that's why we're here. That's why he asked us to be here. That's what he's asking us to do. Sometimes we touch a very small circle in a really, really incredible way. And sometimes, you know, our influence is broader and we're supposed to touch a lot of people. And that goes back to your purpose. But it's asking what your purpose is and how you can make this life a little more beautiful for the people around you. Mm, Love Love that. Mm, Love you. You're awesome. I love you guys. We love you you so much, Brooke. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you. And friends, we thank you also for carving out the time to listen and for joining us in this continued conversation about cultivating a good life. Nothing we have said is more important than the specific things you have felt that are personal for you. We invite you to write down those promptings you feel and most importantly, act on them. We love you. We're cheering you on and we look forward to being with you next week. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. See ya. Take us and steer us in a totally different direction. I'm going to talk about bathing suits next. (laughs) Ready? Buckle up. I'm going to talk about lip gloss, okay? (gasps) That would set my soul on fire. (laughs) That's wonderful. It would.